I want to begin today where I was on Sunday, December the 13th. Now that would have been two weeks ago. I preached that morning a message kind of kicking off the Christmas season. And the title of my message on Sunday, December 13th was a message from Bethlehem about the birth of Jesus from Luke chapter number two. Now, if you were here, you may or may not remember like what the message was, but in a nutshell, it was a very encouraging, is a very encouraging message. The message in Luke chapter two about the birth of Jesus is very simple. God uses ordinary people in ordinary places, in ordinary circumstances to do extraordinary things. And we dealt with that and thought about that. It's very encouraging to me. And the reason it's encouraging to me is because myself, all of us would be on the list probably of ordinary people. And we live in an ordinary place. And except for the pandemic, life, is very much ordinary circumstances day after day after day. Now, pandemics change that a lot. But the truth of the matter is, as I look back on my life, I've watched God take very ordinary people in very ordinary places with very ordinary circumstances and use them in absolutely wonderful ways. And you can think of many like that. Some of you would fit in that group. Now, Christmas Eve... I felt God leading me to lead us during this time before we eat the bread and drink the cup to think about a message from heaven based on the birth of Jesus Christ from the gospel of Matthew in chapter number one. Now, I've learned over all these years in this service, not many people bring their Bible to this service like they do on Sunday, and that's okay. But whether you have your Bible or you don't have your Bible or whether you're in the room or you're watching by a streaming, uh, listen as I read part of Matthew chapter number one that tells us about the birth of Jesus. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And uh, I think you'll like the way it says it. The Bible says this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while, he was still, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. The Bible says, as he thought about this, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet Isaiah, who 700 plus years ago had said these words, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, when Joseph woke up, see, he was asleep, and he had this word from the angel while he was asleep. Now he wakes up. The Bible says Joseph did as the angel of the Lord had commanded. He took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until the son was born, 
And Joseph named him Jesus, exactly what the angel had said his name was to be. Now, that to me is a message from heaven about the birth of Jesus. And you say, well, now, what is the message? Well, it's twofold. Number one is that salvation is available. As you go back and read that, especially in the verse 21, it's very, very clear. And the second part of the message is this. You never have to be alone. And that, that is a tremendous, tremendous thing we see in this scripture. Now, in our little brief time, I want to go back and take those two things, those two thoughts that I think are a message from heaven. First of all, salvation is available. And you see it back in verse 21. The angel said, she's going to have a son. You're going to name him Jesus. And then here's what the angel said. He will save his people from their sins. Now, this whole idea of sin, and in a moment, we'll be eating the bread and we'll be drinking the juice. And it reminds us of the broken body of the Lord and the shed blood of Jesus. But, you know, this whole thing. Uh, it's, it's, the, it's the most marvelous thing in the world because the fact of the matter is sin is the worst pandemic we have ever had, ever. We think COVID-19 is bad, and it is. As of today, the last number that I saw before coming to church, before the first service, in the United States, 326,000 people have died of COVID-19. Every 30 seconds, someone dies of COVID-19. Now, everybody that gets COVID-19, thankfully, doesn't die. We bless the Lord for that. But, you know, it's like unto which none of us have ever thought. But listen very carefully. Think about this. I'm saying to you, sin is a far greater pandemic than COVID-19. You say, well, now, how do you figure that? Well, two ways. Number one... Sin is something everybody has. All of us. All of us, thankfully, don't have COVID-19. If you don't, I pray you don't. And uh, if you get it, I pray it will be mild. But here's the situation. We come into this world with what the Bible calls a sin nature. The Bible is very, very clear about that. And in fact, if I will take just a moment and go back in the book of Romans in chapter number 5, verse 12 says, Just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, thus death spread to all men because all sin. Now, what does the Bible say? The, the Bible is, is reminding us that, that our problem is not really our sins. Our problem is our sin nature. Now, our sin nature causes us to sin, but this idea that, oh, my gracious, I thought something or did something or whatever, and, I, you know, that's a bad thing. I need to ask God's forgiveness. Well, be that true, but it's more than that. It's this sin nature that we come into this world with. Uh, it's, it's not our sins. It's the nature, and the, the thing we need to understand about that is that uh, it, it, we bring it from our mother's womb when, when David was praying and asking God's forgiveness of his sin with Bathsheba. And you may read it later in Psalm 51. 
And down in verse 5, he said, God, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. So what, what David is saying, what the Bible is teaching is, is we come into life, we leave the mother's womb with a sin nature. We were conceived in sin. And everybody has this same issue. Now, COVID-19, you know, the worst thing can happen it can take a person's life, and has. But this whole matter of sin talks about a, a death far worse than physical death. It's talking about spiritual death, e eternal separation from God. And that is, that is just a frightening thing to think about. But here's the good news. <laughs> and it's what we celebrate tonight. Is, is the, the good news is God has provided a vaccine for our problem. And that vaccine is Jesus. Could I have an amen to that? You know, this COVID-19 vaccine, people, you know, uh, like people say, uh, you know, are you going to take the vaccine? Are you going to take the shot? If somebody just tell me where to go to get it, I'll be there in a hurry. They say, well, you've got to be a certain age. I say, I'm already there. I'm already past the age. They keep lowering the age. Well, I'm, I qualified up here. Of course, first we've got to get it to the group that needs it most, and then it works its way down. And everybody will do different kind of things. But, oh, listen to me. I hear things like, well, it's 95% effective, or it's 94% effective, or, you know. Then I hear things like, well, of course, that's good. I mean, no, no vaccine we've ever had has ever been told it's 100%. You know, but it's 90-something percent, so, you know, that's, that's a good number. Well, the vaccine that God has given us in Jesus is 100% effective. And, and it's available. And that's what we celebrate. That is part of the, of the message from heaven that we think about tonight. The Bible says, uh, in a beautiful way, in Him. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. And so what is the message from heaven? Salvation is available. Now, the second thing that I want us to think about just for a moment, not only is salvation available, but the fact is you never have to be alone. We sang the word a moment ago, but it's in these words that the prophet Isaiah gave, says they shall call him Emmanuel. And that word Emmanuel means God with us. You see, well, that's all good to have up here. But I want you to think with me just for a moment about how this thing works out when it doesn't just stay right up here. To think about no matter what you go through in life or what you're now going through in life, whatever your station in life, we never have to be alone. We have Emmanuel. We have God with us. The Apostle John said it well when he said, you know, he came and he dwelt among us. That is, he tabernacled. He lived among us. Jesus, in some of his last words to the disciples before sending back into heaven, uh, he said, I'll be with you always, even unto the end of the age, the end of the world. We, we said, well, I, I know God's always with us. But you know, one of my favorite portions of scripture about that. You may want to remember this. It's in a book you may not read often, but in the book of Deuteronomy, in the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 31, there's a little section of scripture that begins with verse one. It runs along that ways. Moses 
He's about 120 years of age. He's about to die. God's already told him, you're not going to be the one to lead my people into the promised land. And so Moses gathered all the Hebrew people together. And he, he gave them what you and I would call kind of a farewell, a farewell sermon. And he said to them, now look, I'm not going to be able to go with you over into the promised land. Joshua's going to do that. He'll lead you. But he said, now understand something. When you get over there, there's going to be enemies that are going to try to destroy you and just literally just do away with you. But then, then he said, but I want you to remember something. And here's what he told them. He said, God will go with you. And then he said, and will never leave you or forsake you. I love that little portion of scripture. Now in this room now, you know, that seems nice to hear, but out in life, out in life, we, we encounter things. We go through things. And when it dawns on you, even though you may feel like you are alone, and you may be, the fact is you're not alone. You know, when COVID-19 began to obviously going to be more than what we had thought or it would be in the beginning, I don't know in what context this conversation took place, but we, we were talking about the situation because the situation, finally, no family member or anybody else could visit people in the hospitals. And much of those policies are still in place, but there was a period of time, and we had some of our members that had family members die in the hospital alone. And, the, and the, the spouse would be at home and their mate in the hospital. And the spouse couldn't even go to the hospital to be by the bed of the husband, the wife, as the case might be. Well, the hospitals have made some adjustments to that when a person gets to that point in life now. But I understand what they're trying to do. But that said, when ministers can't go in the hospital, nobody can go in the hospital except the people going in the hospital. Okay, well, Dottie and I, we're talking about that, and like neither of us have ever been in the hospital that the other one wasn't there. And we, we, we said, now look, if one of us gets this and we have to go to the hospital, we need to understand before that happens that the other one can't go, but we both need to understand neither one of us will be alone. You know, today, I called someone that, a member of our church, a, a, one, of my, one of my friends who's encouraged me so many years, he's, he's in the hospital, not because of COVID, but something else, and he's been in ICU, and they moved him out of ICU, and finally his wife sent me a text and said, hey, if you, I'm not giving this number out to people, but if you'd like to call, you can call this number and you could say a prayer to him. And I did. And in that conversation, I reminded him, I know you're where you are. I know your wife can't be there, but remember, you are not alone. And I've been telling the wife that. There she was at home, wanting to be there, but I'm saying to you, in all of our lives, there are just times, first, that we'll actually be alone, but we're not. And that's what we celebrate tonight. 
And there'll be other times, believe it or not, (laughs) you can be around people and feel alone. I've been in this room at times with hundreds of people all around this place and felt alone. You know, you can be in your home. Your family can be there. And you can just have that feeling, I, I, I just feel alone. Well, you know you're not alone. You look around and see these people. But just because you see people doesn't mean you won't ever have that feeling you're alone. Some of you here and watching, you live alone. And I'm saying to you, no, you don't. No, you don't. You see, that is the, it's one of the greatest perks in Christianity is that we never have to be alone. Could I have an amen on that? And I'm just going to plant that seed and say to you, you know, remember. And I, I, I say to you that out there somewhere along life's way, you're going to have some times that you say, man, I'm, I'm alone. There's nobody here to help me, nobody to encourage me. Always remember this, Jesus is there. Jesus is there, and what a blessed difference he makes. And so Christ, think about this, he died alone. Why? To make salvation available and make it be where we will never be alone.